Episode 3 Your Spirit is Starving. Anin. That means hello, or I see your light. I'm Gavi the Lamanite, an Ojibwe Latter day Saint Christian. Join me by my fire. This is a place to learn spiritual truth and wisdom, and gain a heightened perspective on today's world issues. Hello, welcome. Anishna Ajiyayin. That means, how are you in Ojibwe? Here we are on to episode three. I've seen a lot of shares, a lot of positive feedback from the last two episodes. And last week, I launched my Facebook page, Gavi the Lamanite. And uh, overall, I'm just looking forward to being more active and um, using any resources that are available to me to share the truth and to uphold you in your personal spiritual journey to discover God, discover His purpose for you, and how you can connect to the gospel, the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter who you are, I don't care if you are an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, if you are kind of an in-betweener, a black sheep, if you will. Uh, I don't care if you're a non-member, if you're not even religious. Everything that I have to share will be valuable to you. And uh, in fact, you know what? I think that this podcast is very much, I would say, the sweet spot or the target audience is probably an in-betweener. If you are someone that wants to do good, that wants to connect to God, and you just haven't, you're still finding it to be a struggle to balance yourself between your worldly and your physical pursuits and your spiritual journey and you and you find yourself neglecting the spiritual side or maybe you just feel like you don't fit in to organized religion i'd say this is definitely this is the place for you especially it's a place for everyone but it's a special place for you in case you missed last week's episode we went over the controversy surrounding elder jeffrey r holland's byu address And we covered topics such as human sexual identity and the duality of man when it comes to physical appetites and spiritual desires and finding, not I was about to say finding balance between the two, but really what it's all about is prioritizing spiritual needs and wants and identity over the physical. And how that is really the only way to gain true spiritual power. And of course, we considered that in the context of the gospel, gospel truth, which states that Jesus Christ is the means by which we gain that power. He is the power. He is the light. And um, so this, and this was actually... I mentioned also last time that it was kind of a diversion off of my originally planned course of topics week by week. 
because I felt like addressing Elder Holland's talk was very important just for the sake of the times and the current conversation that's happening surrounding that. But this will be a very good follow-up episode. So let's, by way of summarizing the principles from that episode, here are some things that you need to understand going into what we're talking about today. Essentially, the spirit is a separate entity from the body with its own wild instincts. We can't always assume that what the body wants is what is best. Okay, Living in the spirit means orienting your whole life around your spiritual health and refinement. Now, come huddle around the fire because it's story time. I'd like to tell you about an experience that I had while I was on my mission. Now, if you're unfamiliar with how a Latter-day Saint mission is, it's for two years, and all day every day, you're either teaching the gospel or preparing to teach the gospel, or looking for people to teach. That's it. Now, before I was married, I called it the happiest time of my life, because it was. I have never felt so close to God and just so happy and full of energy just every single day. Now, there was one woman that we taught named, and I'm going to change her name for uh, purposes of privacy, but her name was Sister Covington, and she was from the UK. Now, one afternoon, before we began our lesson, we asked her how she was feeling and how she was doing, and she told us that she was beginning to lose her desire. Lose her desire for maintaining her spiritual habits and practices. She just said, I don't want it anymore. Now, as a spiritual minister, that is by far the saddest thing someone can tell you. Because the desire to go on is the only thing that will keep you on the path to God. That's the truth. Doing religious things will profit you absolutely nothing if you don't want what God wants to give you. In fact, desire is the very, very first move you make towards God. There's a story in the Book of Mormon where a group of people who want to know how to worship approach a prophet named Alma. This story is found in Alma chapter 32. And in verse 27 it says, quote, But behold, if you will awake and arouse your faculties, even to an experiment upon my words, and exercise a particle of faith, yea, even if ye can no more than desire to believe, let this desire work in you, even until ye believe in a manner that ye can give place for a portion of my words. End quote. A lot of people will tell you, you just need to believe. You just need to have faith. Hmm. Well, what if I don't want to? That's what's difficult. What if you don't even have the fundamental desire to believe? What then? 
Now, Sister Covington, in this setting, told us that she doesn't want to come back to the fold anymore. She's lost the hunger for the gospel. At this point, my mission companion and I looked at each other and I uttered a silent prayer. Father, what do we do? Immediately. And uh, honestly, it was immediate. The words came to my mind, and I said, Sister Covington, I think your spirit is starving. Now, I'm sure that this kind of caught her off guard, and so she reflected on it for a few moments, and then asked what I meant. Now, rather than explain, I felt prompted to ask the member of the congregation that we had brought with us, and, and he accompanied us on these lessons. We didn't have any kind of phones or iPads or anything. We just we had to stick to paper copy books. So I asked him if we could use his tablet to Google symptoms of malnutrition in relation to starvation. He and my companion both looked confused, but he agreed. And the first result which so happened to be a page from the United Kingdom's National Health Service, it listed the following as symptoms of malnutrition. Now, I'm going to read this right off of the webpage, and I want you to listen closely. Symptoms of malnutrition include reduced appetite, lack of interest in food and drink, feeling tired all the time, feeling weaker, getting ill often and taking a long time to recover, wounds taking a long time to heal, poor concentration, feeling cold most of the time, low mood or depression. Now, I couldn't believe it. I initially didn't know where we were going to end up with this simple Google search, but it told Sister Covington more than I could have, more than any scripture or spiritual advice we could have given. Who would have thought loss of appetite has a symptom of starvation? Now, we will talk thoroughly about how this list of symptoms apply to the spirit body. But first, let's talk about the science behind physical hunger. Now, everything you do or I guess everything your body does, heart beating, lungs pumping, every muscle that is used when you stand up or walk, or even the brain and the way it takes in your surroundings, every single cell, all of it, requires energy. The only means of obtaining this energy is by consuming food. When we eat or drink, the body processes that food and absorbs every last bit of energy it can from it. This is all need-based, okay? If you do not obtain energy via food, you will eventually die. Now, the body has a way of letting you know when it requires more energy for optimal mental and physical function. That way is hunger. It's actually quite amazing because Hunger itself involves several organs and a whole formula of different hormones. One hormone, called ghrelin, is released, and it sets the stomach in motion 
and increases stomach acid production. Now that acid burns the stomach if there's no food in there. That's why being hungry can feel uncomfortable or even a little painful. Ghrelin also increases appetite, and appetite is when the brain wants to eat. Okay, that's the desire for food. Now, what happens when the body is hungry, but the brain does not want food? That's called anorexia. Now, anorexia, contrary to what a lot of people think, is actually just the simple medical term for a prolonged loss of appetite. Many people mistake it for anorexia nervosa, which, that's an eating disorder. That is self-imposed starvation to fit an image, usually. And there are a lot of complex elements to that than just not wanting to eat. Now, anorexia, even though not inherently a disorder, it still can be very problematic. If your body is requiring food and you do not want food, and you do not want food for an extended period of time, that is not good. That requires medical attention. If your mind says it does not want food, and you listen to it for long enough, you will die. Now, earlier when I was relating my experience with Sister Covington, we used the words malnourishment and starvation almost interchangeably. And I kind of want to draw a distinction between those two terms before I go on. So starvation refers to when the body's stored energy sources, like fat, are depleted. No more energy. Malnourishment refers to when the body doesn't have enough nutrients, such as vitamins and minerals. So malnourishment is an effect of starvation, but you can have caloric intake, you can have energy, and you can survive technically without nutrients, just not for very long. So with that, feeding your body is different than nourishing your body. And I guess we can talk about that another time. I want to go back to that list of malnourishment symptoms as we move on now to the spiritual parallels of all of this. Now, if you know me, I love learning spiritual truth by looking at its parallels in the physical world. It's one of my favorite things. The way the physical body responds to malnutrition is the same as the way the spirit body responds to spiritual malnutrition. Now, those first symptoms that we covered earlier, reduced appetite, lack of interest in food and drink. I personally find that very ironic. If you don't eat, you'll lose your appetite. Now, I don't know the longest you've ever been without food. For me, personally, it's three days. A three-day fast with only a few sips of water throughout each day. And before I go on, I really don't want people to think that I'm comparing a three-day fast to real starvation and malnourishment. The human suffering brought about by a lack of food and water is just absolutely tragic. It was interesting to observe, however, after the second day, 
the feelings of hunger and the desire for food fade away. At that point, especially if you remove the sights and smells of food from your surroundings, food feels almost more like a fond memory than an actual necessity. So, the phenomena that we're talking about is something that I've experienced in some measure. Now, you may be asking at this point, what is considered food for the spirit? Now, a verse that I mentioned in episode 2 was Matthew 4 verse 4. When tempted to satisfy a bodily desire, Jesus responded to the tempter, or Satan, quote, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. But what is every word that comes from the mouth of God? You may think, oh, when people say the word of God, it's usually the scriptures or the Bible. Especially if you're a Christian. I've, I've seen Bible verses be called daily bread. For the purposes of this conversation, I'm going to say no, not necessarily. It's not only limited to scriptural text. Let's go to another place in the scriptures. Now this is Doctrine and Covenants 84 verse 45. Quote, The word of the Lord is truth, and whatsoever is truth is light. And whatsoever is light is spirit, even the spirit of Jesus Christ. There. That is the food of the spirit. Truth, light, and the spirit of Christ. All three of those things at their essence are the same thing. This is where we go, ah, aha. It makes you look at the gospel completely differently. Now, when I say gospel, I mean the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, and all of its commandments and ceremonies, doctrines and principles. I'm telling you that all of those things, in one way or another, are specifically designed to feed your spirit with truth, light, and the essence of Christ himself. So, studying the scriptures, interestingly, also known as feasting upon the word of Christ, yeah, that's a commandment. The scriptures will feed and nourish your spirit with truth and light. Spiritual food. Partaking of the blessed sacrament, yes, that is a commandment too. In kind of a more reverent moment, Come with me to spiritually look and listen to Jesus in that lantern-lit room where he first broke sacramental bread with his disciples. That's in Matthew 26, verse 26. Quote, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for
for the remission of sins. End quote. Was there ever a place scripturally that more perfectly supported what we're talking about here? Jesus is telling you and me, this is my body and blood, which I am breaking and spilling so that your spirit can be fed and nourished. With what? My truth, my light, and my spirit. Other doctrines and commandments, the word of wisdom, keeping the Sabbath day holy, sexual expression only being lawful within marriage, being careful of the media you watch and listen to, her entire religion, all of these standards that you and the world may have looked at before as just rules, just made-up organizational formalities, these are means to connect to God and His work. And by following after them, you will gain spiritual health and power. That is what we told Sister Covington that day several years ago. And the Spirit of God let her know what she needed to do, how she could come back and nurse her spirit back to health, how to gain back her desire, her hunger for spiritual things. Now, my friend, it's the same thing that I'm telling you. And you will need to learn about your own spirit. I can't give you counsel that is one size fits all. Now let me say this. You may have wandered and are now feeling lost. You may have lost the drive, the desire. You may not want a relationship with God. You may have never really wanted it in the first place. That's a tricky place to be in because your spirit wants a relationship with God. Your spirit is like a moth and God is a lantern. There's no holding it back. Follow that instinct. Ask God to take your hand. Now, perhaps you are someone else. You're confident in yourself. You believe you're on track and doing what God wants you to do. You feel satisfied. Good for you. Stay humble. Be aware of each of your weaknesses. Now, for the rest of us, including me, who are somewhere in between, like I mentioned in the beginning, a black sheep, we are messing up frequently. In some measure, we're forgetting every day who we are. And at the end of the day, we have to come crawling back to God when we come to our senses. And why do we crawl back? Because we want to. We want God. We want to be close to Him because we love Him. Because He is good. Now, if you're wondering what ever happened to Sister Covington, I haven't spoken with her since I left that area in Virginia. But I can speak for at least after that lesson and in the weeks to follow. She did nurse her spirit back to health. And as a result, 
her spiritual vitality returned. And she continued to be a vibrant and enthusiastic seeker of truth and light. And so I can only hope that she is continuing on with that course. Our time draws near to its end. I thank you for spending it with me. Even if it's only a little bit of time, it's so valuable. I want to remind you that you are loved, and with God you are powerful. And with His help, you can accomplish anything good and overcome anything bad. If you're on Facebook, follow my page, Gavi the Lamanite, where you'll get the latest updates and where you'll see daily uplifting, thought-provoking, and enlightening content. And as always, if you'd like to, join me after the closing music and we can pray together. Until next time, or as the Ojibwe people say, Gigo Wabamin. Thank you for joining me in this reverent moment of prayer, wherever you are. Our God, our Father in heaven, not only art thou the creator of our bodies, but thou art the Father of our spirits. Please lead us in the ways of happiness. Please teach us daily the things we need to know. If our lives are too chaotic, or if we've filled them with things that don't matter, please help us sift through those things so that we can make Thee and Thy glory first in our lives, so that we can make Thy word our foundation. Help us in our daily walk. Bless the person or the people listening to this that they might find success and peace in their family and in their homes. That they might feel thy great love. That it might fill them. So that it might fill them in a way that every dark corner of their minds or their hearts might be filled with light. That all places that are cold and empty might be filled with warmth and goodness. Forgive us of our sins. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.